On the Aggie Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show, brought to you by Old Chicago. Great pizza deserves great beer. America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. And by SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. We are out and about today at Old Chicago. And remember, some great opportunities to come down here and grab a bite, grab a drink, and, uh, and, and certainly hang out with us. we got a lot to get to on the program. And, of course, let's, uh, let's kick it off with the athletic director at Utah State, John Hartwell, who's kind enough to join us. And, uh, John, uh, never, uh, never an easy week as an athletic director, is it? Never know what the next curveball is, and uh, obviously a, a lot going on this week, as I as I told you. And you know, any time you you have a a coaching change, a head coaching change, it's uh, you know it's a challenge, and, and those decisions aren't taken lightly. Uh, but at the end of the day, my job is to give our student athletes and our coaches the best opportunity to be successful. And after uh, you know multiple meetings with with Gary, and, and I'll say this up front, and I said this uh, yesterday in the press conference, uh, you know, Gary's departure from Utah State should take nothing away from the body of work that he's done and, and what he did, you know, eight, nine years ago to totally turn our program around. Uh, I will forever be indebted to him, and I, I, I think I speak for all of Aggie Nation, be forever indebted to him for what he's done for our program. Uh, but it, but again, as as we were looking at the here and now, and and not only uh, where we were three games in this season, and the trajectory that we were going, and you know, uh, sitting down with him again, multiple meetings, and and there was agreement on his part that hey, we're we're not we're not where we need to be, and we're not trending in the right direction. So uh, the decision was made for a change. Uh, you know, Frank uh, taking over, and, and if there's ever anybody that has the uh, blood, sweat, and tears equity invested in Aggie football, it's Frank Miley. Uh, from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, multiple stints. And, uh, you know, I can already tell you, just in, just in three days' time, uh, there, there's a level of energy and enthusiasm, um, you know, amongst our players. And, uh, and I think we'll come out ready to play on Saturday. I'm just, you know, upset uh, that, that we won't be able to have fans in the stands yeah. there. But uh, encourage all Aggie Nation to, uh, to tune in, uh, you know, to Fox Sports and, and watch the game. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, where we go the last five games. I told him, I said, hey, this, this is an opportunity uh, for him. And uh, he's 1-0 and as, uh, as an interim coach as he was two years ago in the bowl game. And, and it's an opportunity for him to, uh, you know, to, to, to rally the troops, if you will, and get them to play hard. I said, I'm not going to judge you on, you know, wins and losses and that. Uh, but, but the effort and, and execution, I think, is really important. So I look forward to seeing us play on Saturday. What are you, what are you looking for? What are some of the attributes you're looking for as you begin this search process? You know, I, I want to make sure that, that we've got, uh, and, and I know this term gets overused, but I want to say juice. I, yeah. I, want, I want somebody that's got some juice to themselves and that they bring juice and enthusiasm to our football program. And, uh, 
<laughs> you know, and, and I've had people say this to me, and it's not a bad analogy to, to find the Craig Smith to coach football. Uh, you know, it's that kind of energy and effort and intensity, 24-7, 365, and, uh, and, and that that carries over uh, to, our, to the rest of our coaching staff and to our student athletes on, on the field. And, um, you know, this, this is a competitive league. And, and you look right now, the two undefeated teams in our league are San Jose State and Nevada. I mean, who would have ever thought that? But, uh, but everybody's getting better, and, and we've got to get better too. We, we can't get left behind. Uh, we've, we've got a great institution. We've got a great athletic department, a great history in football. You look at our facilities, and, and the opportunity is there, and we've got to capitalize on that opportunity with this hire. Well, and, and you know, you've, I love the story, and I know you and I talked yesterday on the radio on our flagship station, so I apologize if I repeat a few things, but I, I love the story of, of you and Craig, and you pretty much knew right away. I mean, how long were you in that conversation that you knew he was going to be the guy? It was about six minutes in, and I think we started talking about recruiting. I'll keep it PG in here because we've got yeah. some, some uh, younger kids in here. But, yeah, we started talking about recruiting and, uh, uh, you know, what type of player he was looking for. And, and I said something about, is this where you get the 6'9", and I'll leave out the rest of it, what I said. And, and he, go, he goes, man, he got up across the table and high-fived me, and he said, that's my guy. And, you know, there, there was an instant connection. And fast forward a year later, and he goes, hey, I didn't get you a 6'9", one of those. I got you a 7-foot. And talking about Kata. Mimi. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, that, that story, uh, that will be a chapter in my book one day about my connection with Craig. But I, I, you talk about that. I think, I think chemistry and fit um, with Utah State University, with Cache Valley, I think all of those are important qualities. And – as I told some folks yesterday, I, I'm one of those, I don't want to box us in in our search to say, hey, it's got to be somebody who's been a head coach or it's got to be somebody who's been a coordinator or, you know, gosh, it's got to be our offense is broken. It's got to be somebody who comes from the offensive side of the ball. I'm, I'm wide open right now, and I want to make sure that we find the best coach and the best fit to be able to give, again, uh, the young men on our football team and, and – uh, the opportunity to be successful. And a big part of that is hiring a great staff around you. I mean, yeah. being, being a head college football coach at this level, uh, I equated it yesterday, I think, to like being a Fortune 500 CEO. Yes, you've got to know football X's and O's. Yes, you've got to know recruiting. But you've got so many other things that you've got to have a pulse on uh, to be really successful, and, and I think, uh, you know, there's a special skill set for that, and, and we'll go out there and look for that. Well, I think partly, and by the way, I could tease uh, Thursday's Aggie auction and an ability to hopefully raise some funds for Utah State, but I was talking to somebody earlier today about, about uh, this hire, and it was interesting. They didn't ask, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't a coach. It was just somebody kind of curious about the job. They didn't ask how much the head coach was going to be paid. They asked, how much do you think the pool is for assistance? Because he thinks, he goes, that might be the, the, the biggest number out of all of it. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, that's – And by the way, I'm not asking you that. Sure, per sure. Se. I'm just saying that, that's part of the, you're talking about getting, hiring a good staff. Yeah, but, but it's interesting because obviously over the last few days we've accumulated that information and, you know, what, what the average uh, head coaching salary is in the Mountain West Conference, what the average for uh, the pool for the 10 yeah. assistant coaches. 
And, and even in the two years since we hired Gary, it's, it's risen significantly. And, and again, um, you know, I, I don't see us uh, – uh, as we make this hire, we're not going to come in at the hot, at the top of the list, but we're not going to come in at the bottom either. And I mean, I don't mind telling you, uh, base salary right now, I think the the variances are a million eight fifty for Brian Harson at uh, Boise, and I think it may it actually may be Jay uh, Jay Norvell. Yeah, I think so. At uh, at Nevada, who's like right at seven hundred thousand. So there's a pretty wide gap there. But uh, again. Um, you know, all, all of that we'll figure out. Uh, we we got to find the right person first, and, and then we'll go to the negotiating table in terms of salary and all of those things. Uh, what are your conversations with President Cockett during all of this? You know, she's been extremely supportive. Uh, you know, she uh, we're totally in unison on that. She and I both want what's best for Utah State University, and she obviously understands uh, although, as many people know, you know, she's been on campus, uh, you know, almost 30 years, came up as, as the dean of the ag school and then as the provost and, and now as, as president for almost uh, four years, gosh. And, uh, you know, but uh, she understands the importance of athletics being successful. And, and you know, all 16 of our sports are, are very important. But football and men's basketball are the two engines that drive the train in terms of revenue, publicity for the university, and everything else. And she's very supportive, and she said, hey, John, let's go uh, get the very best person for this job. So I'm excited about the opportunity. That is the athletic director at Utah State, uh, John Hartwell, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk more about uh, transitioning into a new coaching staff here at Utah State, what that timeline might be, and then we may even uh, slip in a couple questions about basketball as well. It's all straight ahead. We're live here at Old Chicago. Uh, Come by, hang out with us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show as we are live here at Old Chicago. Uh, come by, great food, uh, great drinks. Come down and uh, grab yourself uh, grab yourself dinner and uh, hang out with uh, John Hartwell, athletic director. Also, Frank Miley is going to join us coming up in segments three and four. We'll chat with him uh, what's coming up. Uh, he's unable to join us here live. He'll be on the phone with us, uh, but we'll get his thoughts on uh, his direction for these uh, five games coming up here for Utah State. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about timeline. You know, you still have five games left in this weird season. Um, Is there a chance you may have a guy before then, or do you anticipate that coming after the season's over? You know, we could have somebody before then, but this year, (laughs) for a whole plethora of reasons, is is a crazy year, but not the least of which, especially if you're in a a search mode, is that regular seasons that normally end right at the end of November or the beginning of December – don't end till either the 12th or 19th of December for most teams now, and then you've got bowl games after that. So um, I would love to have somebody. Uh, I think I used yesterday as kind of a benchmark date, uh, December 15, and I'm still hopeful uh, of that. And, uh, you know, the challenge is, though, in, in our business, you've still got to be professional about it. So if, yeah. if, if they're and, – and, you know, I'd say probably 99.9%, if not 100% of the people we're looking at are obviously coaching right now, um, either in the collegiate or professional ranks. And so to make contact with them, uh, that's 
that's where a search firm comes in because they can really act as a as kind of an independent third party and and really uh, whether unwritten or written rule amongst athletic directors, you know, it's it's really not. Uh, uh, correct, if you will, for me to call a coach who's currently coaching because they should be focused on yeah. their job. No, no different than I wouldn't want somebody, you know, uh, calling Craig Smith in the middle of the season to ask him about another job. So, um, but but we are um, underway already in the search process, uh, trying to finalize the uh, search firm. I think we're very close on that. Um, but uh, somebody picked up this thing right here and kind of scrolled through over the last uh, 72 hours. Uh, the people who have either reached out to me directly or had people reach out to me or had agents reach out to me, um, there, there is an impressive list already. And, again, I think it speaks volumes about the reputation of our university and our athletic department and our football program. And, and I'll mention this, too. It, it you know, it could be a good year, and, you know, somebody might look at me strange there, but it could be a really good year to be hiring a coach because with all of the strange things going on with, with COVID, I'm not sure there's going to be huge turnover in the head coaching ranks um, at the FBS level. And, and you can never forget the fact there are only 130 FBS head coaching jobs in the country. They are very coveted, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, that are yeah. very interested in this job. So, you know, I, I think uh, think we're going to have a very deep and a very talented pool to choose from. How much does this extra time, how advantageous is that for you in your search? Uh, even though you can't really interview a lot of guys in the middle of their season, but just giving you five weeks to – to kind of look across the country. How helpful is that for you? Yeah, the preparation is really good, and it gives me the opportunity, um, you know, to watch some more games, to have some more eyes on things. You know, if you're looking at, uh, let's say, an offensive coordinator, you can, you can drill down on, on looking at their style of play. Hey, does, would that match us? Look at their, uh, you know, recruiting uh, as well. So, so it gives us a little bit more time to be – more organized because a lot of times if you have a coaching change at the end of the year yeah. and and you've got a recruiting uh you know date coming up it is helter skelter in terms of, of doing that so we have a little bit more time to do it um i i would like to do it as quickly as possible from the standpoint of you know the anxiety of the people in the program the the anxiety of the student athletes Who's my coach going to be? What style is it going to be? All of those things. And the sooner that we can define that, the better it will be. But I certainly don't want to sacrifice uh, speeding up the process uh, for not getting the right person. I'd rather us take a little bit longer and, and make this the right hire. One thing, and and uh, and I think uh, a lot of people hear the word search firm, and they're always kind of curious. What are those guys? What's what's the service that they provide for you? Yeah, though, you know that's a great question, Scotty, because because a lot of people who who aren't in that business or, or live in this world say, well, gosh, you know, isn't that your job to identify uh, candidates and and make decisions? And yeah, it absolutely is. Really, what they are is more of a vehicle of doing the contact stuff. Say, you know, I'll I'll sit down and say. Hey, we wanted, you know, I have an interest in these 15 or 20 guys, whatever it may be, you know, go through the contact information. A lot of times those people have already, the, the individual coaches may not have called me, but their agents may have called. So I spent probably 
three hours on the phone today with seven different agents, and a lot of those guys have multiple guys, you know, just kind of walking through some of those. So I will channel those to, to the search firms. Um, and the good news about talking directly to agents, most of those agents know, hey, they're either interested or they're not interested. And, and they may have some guys that weren't on their list that I may ask them about and say, hey, who is, who is John Doe's agent? And, you know, find that out to, to initially find out, is there interest, is there not interest? Because obviously if there's not, we'll move on. Yeah, so, interesting. And, and then on the backside, once we get down um, to actually going to see people or doing interviews, you know, it, it's strange and, and probably not as much in Cash Valley as, as some other places, but you, it would blow you away the number of people who don't have a whole lot to do at times, and they'll track airplane tail numbers and everything else to try to figure out who who you may be interviewing or going to see. So a lot of times, you know, we'll go to a, a I won't say a remote place, but we'll go someplace where nobody would expect that there are uh, football coaching interviews going on. And they help out with that too, huh? Yeah, and they do. And then on the, you know, on the very tail end, once we uh, narrow in and decide on somebody, obviously they do background checks and things like that for us as well. Yeah, so you don't have a situation where, and I, I won't name the name, but the guy there was, what, 15 years ago, said he had a diploma and didn't and ended up I costing think, him I, a job. Yeah, I think that cost him the Notre Dame job. Yeah, so. yeah, yep, that was it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting process, and I think a lot of people really really enjoy the transparency that you bring to this uh, because, obviously, these are – you know, you mentioned football as being such – you know, Urban Meyer called the football team the front porch of every university. And, uh, and, and so you understand these are huge hires and huge opportunities for the university, and, and, and but you've had some success. I mean, Neil Brown, Craig Smith. I mean, these are there's, – there's some guys. You've got a track record here, and you've got a system. What, what do you – what do you prioritize in the system of what you do that you're always looking for or, or certain uh, – I know we talked about attributes, but personalities that you're looking for in this in a hire like yeah, this. Yeah, I, I think the one-on-one interviews or one-on however many people you have in there in the interview room are, are really important. I, yeah. I, I'm a chemistry and a feel person. I mean, if somebody – if somebody doesn't bring juice to the interview and, and they seem like they're just kind of going through the motions – that kind of leads you to believe they may just kind of go through the motions as a head coach yeah. too. I mean, I want somebody that's excited about being there, that's excited about the potential opportunity of leading Utah State football. I want somebody who's well-prepared, who's got a, a plan. They're not just in there by the seat of their pants and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to recruit five-star guys and, you know, I'm going to bring excitement. Hey, I want to see what your plan is. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm one of those guys and – you know, different ADs do it differently. I'm an X's and O's guys. I, so when I do these interviews, and I did it for, for basketball and for football, I like a whiteboard being up there. Or I mean, I like them, you know, drawing up, you know, kind of their strategies or their recruiting philosophy and things like that. So I, I drill down into that. But I also want to know about their personality, too. Yeah. And, and – you know, maybe it's because I've been in this business so long. You, you're never – I'm never going to look – when somebody, you know, provides a resume and, and uh, references, I'm never going to look at any of those references because, <laughs> you know, if, if you're putting down on a sheet or a reference who's going to give you a bad recommendation, 
you know, nobody's going to give them a bad recommendation. Yeah. But again, I've been enough places, been in the business long enough. I can get the real skinny on most people. So I, I'll do I'll do some background checks with kind of my inner circle of people I trust um, along those lines, too. Uh, let's talk about uh, the announcement earlier in the week. And of course, the governor on Sunday made the announcement of uh, we've got some just incredibly rising COVID cases here in the state of Utah, and it's a huge, huge concern. Uh, and then, of course, yesterday, or actually, I think earlier today, you announced that uh, there will not be fans in the stands. <clears throat> Excuse me, coming up on Saturday. Um, what talk about that uh, that decision and what went into that? Yeah, that that was a really tough decision, and and it was prompted, like you said, Saturday night. The uh, the governor, uh, you know, issuing a, a new state of emergency and a statewide mandate on mask and. Uh, basically all uh, higher ed students having to start get tested um, come January 1, although Utah State's being very proactive. They're actually starting that testing of students tomorrow. And then the drill down in terms of, you know, who was allowed in venues and, and, who, and basically shut down intramural sports. It did have a carve out for the high school um, football championships or playoffs. And then intercollegiate sports, too. Um, but, but as we uh, went through that information and, and talked to some colleagues uh, as well at other universities, you know, we had, as of uh, yesterday more, or actually Sunday night, had, had kind of already thought we were trending in the direction of, of nothing more than potentially uh, parents of, of players, which we'd really hoped to have. And then as we drilled down further into it uh, and talked again to the governor's office and, you know, weather concerns and everything else and, uh, and just finally made the decision that we thought even, you know, even having that, those 150 or 250 people in there uh, was, was not prudent of us, both from a, a practical standpoint and an appearance standpoint. So yeah. uh, uh, determine, you know, and this is the same thing Actually, our first game of the year at Boise was the same thing. And it's it's a very weird feeling in a stadium where there's absolutely no fans in there. I mean, you know, you'll have your your uh, student athletes and coaches and staff on the sidelines. You'll obviously have the uh, the Fox Sports television crew up in the press box and, and Doug Hoffman and his crew. But it, it's almost an eerie oh, yeah. feeling. Um, and, and we'll uh, count on uh, – our uh, marketing and promotions folks uh, to pump in the crowd noise. and uh, I, I asked that from ha- a radio broadcast, oh, yeah. if we'll be piping in, in crowd noise. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler, what's our number there that we can have set up to 70 decibels yeah. of uh, piped-in noise? So uh, uh, as he's over there saying, he's going to pump up the volume. So ho- hopefully to give the, uh, the Aggies a, a home field advantage. So, yeah, it'll be a little different. Uh, and that's for this game, and, and uh, the decision for future games will come later, correct? Yeah. That, so the governor's order goes through November 23rd, uh, which is two days before our home game against New Mexico on Thanksgiving afternoon. That's a 5 o'clock kickoff uh, that came out yesterday, for those of you that didn't know. So we're hopeful to be able to go back to our you know roughly 5,500 fans for that game. And, and quite frankly, uh, one of the concerns right now, too, is – how far does that bleed into basketball, too, yeah. um, and, and trying to figure that out. I think I saw just a little while ago um, 
where Weber State announced they're not going to have any fans uh, until at least January 1 in basketball, I think. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, here in the next couple of weeks that everybody masks up, they, they socially distance, uh, they do what they need to so we can uh, to get the number of infections going back down and trending in a positive direction. Well, I mean, that's such a weapon for you guys, especially in basketball. And uh, I got to imagine you probably have some people lining up saying, hey, we'll, we'll, play, we'll play you this year in, in, in Logan. Uh, not next year, but, but this year maybe. Yeah, it is interesting. A uh, couple of, uh, again, high-level opponents that, uh, that we originally had scheduled here. And, uh, you know, our basketball schedule, I, I was telling somebody a little bit earlier, you know, the last uh, – since last Friday morning between – the, the COVID deal and what that was going to do to fans, obviously the situation, our, our football coaching situation, and then uh, basketball scheduling has literally been uh, a ping pong ball going back and forth. And uh, we finally settled in on a, on a conference schedule, uh, or at least the format of it, hopefully have uh, that schedule by the end of the week. But then now trying to fit in uh, uh, the non-conference games, I think we finally settled on um, uh, going to South Dakota to play in an event to open the season, which is going to be really exciting. And then, um, you know, trying to plug in our other game and and waiting to find out when that two-game series, Mountain West series, is going to be pre-Christmas and then plug in the other dates too. You've never seen a year like this, right? It's uh, this is this is not in the uh, athletic director 101 book. I if it was, I missed that. Uh, I, I must have slept through that class. <laughs> it's just I, I I don't know how you do it honestly. Uh, I mean you've never gone this far without. I mean normally you're playing basketball right now, um, and and now you're playing here in two weeks and and you're still kind of you know mixing and matching the schedule. I mean that's ridiculous. I mean not ridiculous. It's incredible that you have to deal with that. It it is, but you know I and and I've told. A, people this a lot over the last several weeks the resiliency of our student athletes of our coaches of our staff uh the positivity and the and the can-do attitude uh that that's what keeps pushing me through because uh you know at at some point and uh, we had a head coaches meeting this morning and i said you know i know i said this back in april and and was thinking oh this was going to be a two or three month or two or three month thing and surely this wasn't going to affect the fall and yeah. uh, now that we're what nine months in uh at, at some point we're going to get to the other side of this and and the uh the again the resiliency and the positivity and the can-do attitude uh of our aggie family and aggie nation i have no doubt that's going to persevere yeah well, uh, we appreciate it. I could have keep you here all night. I know you got it. You got other obligations, but we can't thank you enough for coming down here and talking about uh, a really critical time in Utah State athletics. And uh, good luck. And uh, if you need my advice on a coach, I'm happy to help you out. Uh, oh, you're, no, you're, you're nobody, not, nobody wants that, by the way. You're not offering a coach, Scott. Come uh, on, now. maybe as a coordinator, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm used to giving the interviews, not being the guy being interviewed. I don't know if I. If I. Hey, maybe we could flip roles, and maybe I could interview you, and you know. Bam! Let's go. <laughs> I like it. All right, that's John Hartwell, athletic director at Utah State. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back, and uh, you'll hear from Frank Miley, interim coach at Utah State, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
And welcome on back. You are listening to the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, joining us now on the phone as he makes his preparations now for Fresno State, which will be rolling in here on Saturday to Maverick Stadium. He is the interim head coach at Utah State, Frank Miley. Coach, uh, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. I know we talked earlier today here on our uh, flagship station, so I apologize uh, if I double up on some of these questions, but it's good to chat with you here on the Coach's Show. Uh, first off, let's talk a little bit about uh, Fresno State, and uh, what, what do you see out of this team? They're pretty good, man. Offensively, man, they're, they're a really explosive football team. Uh, they got an elite running back uh, with Rivers there in the backfield. Um, you know, he's third in the Mountain West. He leads their team in uh, not only rushing but in receptions, you know. So yeah. he's, he's kind of a big target for those guys, and uh, he's a guy that we have got to, to, to tackle in the run game and then make sure we cover him down when they swing him out there. So the quarterback, Jake Hayner, man, does a good job. He's the Washington transfer, um, and he's a dual-threat quarterback, man. He's the second-leading rusher on their team. So he's a guy we got to contain. we got to get after him uh, in the past game, but, but also make sure we got eyes on him at all times because he'll run, man. And so they're, they're pretty explosive. They're a spread team. Um, you know, they've, they've had some injuries at the tight end position. Um, they've had four. They've rotated through there, but I think they're down to two of them of the four, so uh, that'll be interesting to see where they go with some of that personneling that they use. And then they have three really good receivers. Uh, their skill players are really good uh, with number one, number five, and number 11. One thing I wanted to talk about in regards, and, and I want to zero in on that quarterback and the running back, but let's talk about Ronnie Rivers. Uh, he's got 12 yep. catches, 100, 176 yards, and a couple scores. Do they just uh, do they swing him out of the backfield, or are they use him in the screen game? How, how are they using him primarily in that passing attack? You know, he's, 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 he's kind of a check-down guy for them. So if he doesn't wow. see what he likes, he's always looking for, the, for, for his running back, and he's going to get him the football. So uh, not a big screen team to him, uh, to tell you the truth, but they get him out of the backfield and they get the ball in his hands some way, somehow, and uh, there's a reason why, man, he's an elite running back. Even the backup, the backup running back's catching the ball out of the backfield too. Correct, 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 number seven. Yeah. He does a good job. Uh, he's, he's a good running back as well. Uh Hayner, the quarterback, you mentioned his running. Um, is is that designed runs with him, or is he scrambling out of the pocket? How, how is he getting those yards on the ground? Yeah, a lot of it's just scrambling. Uh, a lot of it's scrambling, and uh, that's, that's the hard thing about these dual-threat quarterbacks. Um, you know, when you least expect it, man, if he doesn't see what he likes, he, he's, he's on the move and he's running. And, you know, sometimes depending on coverage, that's hard. Uh, you know, especially if you're in man coverage, you don't have eyes on it. Uh, the rush has got to do a great job containing this guy, and we've got to get him on the ground. Yeah. Is that – do you have to be a little bit more um, – I guess you've got to be careful with your pass rush with a guy like that too because if you're not filling your lane, he uh, could be off to the races pretty quick. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. But, you know, the, the last thing we want to do is slow our pass rushers down. So we want them to still be aggressive and understand who this guy is. And so all week long it's been a huge emphasis of pass rushing with vision on the quarterback. They have given up 11 sacks. It doesn't feel like uh, you, you may have some opportunities to get after him. And I know last week didn't go the way you'd like, but you were still able to get after the quarterback quite a bit. Yeah, man, these guys are working hard right now. They're, they're working hard right now. You know, their O-line uh, is probably the weakness uh, of their offense. Uh, not saying that they're, that they're not good, man. they got some solid players up front. They're two big tackles. Do a great job on the edges, man. But I think that's where we have to attack these guys is up front. 
looking on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they're giving up 26 points a game. And, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this a little bit because as an interim coach uh, and, and, and you know the head coach of this team for, for now, do you look at what they're doing defensively or do you still kind of focus in on, on what your normal uh, position group and on the defensive side? Or, or, do, you, or do you try to pick, take, take a peek on that offensive side? No, man, you know, I, I've yet to do it, but I plan on, on, on glancing over that. I've talked a lot with the offensive guys about who they are and what they're doing uh, defensively, you know, because I'm still coaching the defensive line. So that's yeah. kind of a hard position just to give over uh, as far as coaching because there's a lot that goes into those guys and what they're doing with our movements and, and the way we attack the line of scrimmage and the progressions. But, you know, defensively, these guys are solid as well, man. They're four down front. Uh, they're, they're kind of a quarters-based team in the back end. Uh, but they'll switch it up, man, with their cover one and, and bring pressure. And um, They do a good job, man. They got a lot of returners, man. I think their secondary is probably their strength. Uh, you know, their leading tackler on the defense is, is, is their uh, corner number 38, Berlin Lunks. Do you know a lot of – I mean, and this isn't just for these teams, but in general, when you're playing teams in the Mountain West Conference, do you pretty much have a good feel for a lot of these guys because you've recruited probably a good chunk of these guys throughout your time at Utah State? Absolutely, absolutely. Especially some of these California teams that we've tried to go after. Uh, we've usually had four to five coaches recruiting in California, so uh, we, we kind of understand a little bit the skill sets that we're trying to that, that we're facing and we're up against simply from recruiting these guys. Yeah. Frank Miley joining us, interim coach at Utah State, right here on uh, the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the day, but I wanted to reiterate it on this show. Um, and, and because I loved your answer when I mentioned this earlier in the day, when you're talking to a recruit who uh, is looking at a coaching change and is wondering what's going on, uh, whether you're recruiting him or whether he's already committed, what's your message to him? You know, just to do their research, man, I, I, I don't think I need. I have to sell ever Utah State, man. Utah State sells itself, man. And yeah. this is a very specific place. It's a blue-collar place uh, that's looking for tough tough athletes uh, that love to work, have no problem working, and play with a specific mentality. So when we find those kids and they show up here, um, you know, they feel this is home for them. You know, so it's all about what they feel when they're here and the locker room and the kids that they're around when they're here on the recruiting trips because at the end of the day they're looking they're looking for a place where they can fit in, where they feel it's at home and they wanna they wanna be surrounded by guys that are just like them. So for us getting them on campus is huge, unfortunately because of COVID, you know, recruiting has you know, we've been in a dead period this whole time and and it's kind of been extended to January. So that's a huge obstacle for us of trying to trying to recruit kids, see kids and, and person and really getting them here once we get these guys on campus man it's 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 nearly a sealed deal man because they love the feel of this place and what this uh, place has to offer and and really who the dna of, of who we are is really those kids that we're looking for how do you uh you know, when a season may not be going the way that you would have hoped and, uh, and and there's maybe some emotions in that locker room after a coaching change, how do you get the juice up to where you need it to be? Because that's what I've always admired about you as a as a person and as a coach. You always bring that juice with you. How do you how do you get the, the players uh, to increase that level of, of energy out on the field? Just reminding them that this is real life, you know what I mean? And so we preach, uh, you know, adversity all the time, and when you face it is when you find the true character of a person uh, on the football field. And, and the, the good thing for these guys, man, football's been, been a great uh, life teacher for these guys, man. And so to see obstacles on the football field and now to see life and be able to put it 
in the in the full effect as far as the mentality of how they face this challenge. You know, it, it's really good for those guys. So we're fortunate enough to have those kids, man. But I don't really need to bring that much juice, man. They're tough. Uh, they're relentless, man, and they're competitive. And so uh, we're fortunate to have those guys, man. They're, they're still hungry. They're still hungry, man. They're still hungry for that first win. They're still hungry to to, to set out to do what they did at the beginning of the year, and that's win football games. So yeah, it, they've made my job a little easier uh, than it probably probably should be uh, at this time, just from the way the mentality has been. Coach, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and then uh, get the final segment in with you and get your final thoughts on what to expect out of this Fresno State team when we come back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. Final segment of the show. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show. Uh, Frank Miley, kind enough to join us, interim head coach at Utah State uh, as Utah State gets set to take on Fresno. Coach, I know you dealt with a little bit at Boise, but, you know, last time we were at Maverick, we had 5,000 fans here. Uh, now, no fans. Uh, we talked about juice. How difficult is that when there's no fans in the stands to try to generate that energy? <laughs> well, well, that's the trick, man. And, you know, the best to be as is the juice has always been inside of them, and it always will be. And so the passion that they, they bring to practice every single day, when they walk in the building, when they wake up every single morning, that's the same passion. Nothing's going to change. Uh, you know, obviously we'd love to have fans there, but the juice has always been inside of these guys, and they got to let it, let it loose here on Saturday. And I guess that, yeah, that, it sounds like that's the message to, uh, to these guys. Hey, you create your own opportunities. You create your own energy uh, and your own excitement. And it looks like it could be a little bit of a, of a weather game, too. And you probably like that when you play a California school here at home when, uh, when some bad weather rolls in. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> With the altitude and the snow and the cold, man, that's a, it's a good welcome, welcoming weather here for the California teams. So it's awesome. You know, there's a uh, – you mentioned this earlier on the uh, on the show with uh, me and Hans, but you, you brought up an interesting point that I wanted to discuss a little bit more. I know you're kind of uh, letting the offensive coaches do their thing, but but you're also keeping tabs on positions. and uh, And I think you mentioned, look, at, at this point, everybody's job is 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 being evaluated, and that involves even the uh, even the quarterbacks as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. We uh, There's an open competition, man, where we're rotating them with the ones and twos to see who really wants the job, man, and uh, who can lead these guys at the end of the day. And so really figuring out who are the best people on both sides of the ball and getting them on the football field, regardless of who that is, what they've done, how old you are, uh, your experience, the best player you're going to be on the football field. Uh, will you let Bodie make that call? Do you want to be in on that decision? How is that going to play out? Yeah, man, he's done a great job communicating with me on how progress is done every day, you know. So him and I sit down and talk about the progress of, of uh, both of those quarterbacks and what it looks like and uh, how he feels about it and how they've been performing day to day. So uh, it'll be between us, but I'm going to let him, you know, because he has the most, most experience with both of those guys, and that's his room at the end of the day, and I trust Bodie. And so I'll sit down and talk with him. He'll tell me the details of what it looked like throughout the week, but I'm going to let him make that decision. Mm. Frank Miley joining us right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Give me your keys to the game. What do you need to see happen on Saturday for Utah State to get a W? Well, defensively, man, we got to stop the run. 
You know, we, we talked we talked about Rivers, man, and he, he's one of those uh, elusive running backs that they have that can run the football, catch the ball out in space. They're going to get the ball to him. So we have got to stop number 20. Uh, and then the bottom line is we've we got to stop shooting ourselves on the feet. You know what I mean? So uh, the Aggies got to beat the Aggies, okay, uh, on Saturday. So for us, we can't give up explosive plays. Got to get after this quarterback. Can't let him get comfortable, and we got to contain him uh, because he can't run the football. So uh, defensively, those are the keys for us. Planning, we got to stop the run. We got to contain this quarterback, uh, and then we got to get after him uh, at the end of the day. And then offensively, man, we got to establish the run. We've got to be able to run the football on these guys, especially it's going to be a weather game. So we got to establish the run uh, and be able to open up those, uh, those situations and opportunities uh, to create explosive plays and keep these guys guessing, keep them thinking. And so uh, these guys have had two good, really good practices these last two days. There's been a lot of juice. Uh, there's a lot of excitement of these guys getting ready for this game. And, and again, like I said earlier, man, they're hungry. They're hungry for a win. And to get this taste out of our mouth for, for what's happened in the last three weeks and the coaching change here, uh, there's nothing better than to get that taste out of their mouth and win a football game this weekend. You know, I know the last time you were an interim coach, uh, you, you got a convincing win in a bowl game, and you've got far more resources now than you did then. I mean, you and Stacy and uh, uh, were kind of putting that thing together with a bunch of GAs and uh, and bailing twine for that bowl game. Here, you got all your assistants here. No, no doubt, man. We kind of had a best tape. Uh, our staff together was all hands on deck then. Uh, but the book did a great job, man. Our GA did a great job. Uh, you know, it was me, Coach Una, uh, Coach Collins, and Coach Yost uh, running the whole team. And so, man, it, it was a really good effort by everybody, man, including our players, man. It was a tough game for them that they went through. And, you know, they were the only way to, to finish the season the right way, and that's what they did. So now, now that I got more of a staff here, it's been a little bit smoother uh, with, with guys controlling their own rooms, control position coaches, and so uh, I couldn't have asked for a better person to be in, uh, surrounded by good people. Well, coach, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to chatting with you on Saturday. Good luck and uh, go get that W. All right, Scott, I appreciate you, man. Uh, you're the best. Coach Frank Miley right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Uh, remember to join us coming up on Saturday for uh, that game. Myself and uh, Kevin White will have all the action for you on these uh, on these affiliate stations uh, for Utah State Athletics. Big thanks to John Hartwell for joining us. Also, big thanks to uh, Frank Miley as well. Enjoy the game, and big thanks, as always, to Old Chicago for letting us hang out here again tonight. Remember, for the best pizza, uh, for the best uh, beverages, it's all right here. At Old Chicago, this has been the Aggie Coaches Show from Learfield IMG College. From Old Chicago, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you, Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Ford. Go further. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.